The Innovate 608 podcast is brought to you by Starting Block Madison and sponsored by the Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com, and the American Family Insurance Institute for Corporate and Social Impact. The Institute invests in visionary entrepreneurs who are building scalable social enterprises, offering economic opportunity for all, healthy youth development, learning, and academic achievement, and resilient communities. From the Starting Block Madison studio in the beautiful Capital East neighborhood of downtown Madison, Wisconsin, this is the Innovate 608 podcast, and I am your host, Nora Rowan-Schmidt. This is the Innovate 608 podcast. Thank you for joining us today. In the studio, we have two incredible resources for entrepreneurs, Andy Richards and Michelle Soames Booker. Welcome, guys. Hi there. So, hello. Well, if you'd like to just tell us a little bit about what you do and um, give a little introduction. Michelle, do you want to start? Sure. Thanks for having us. So, I'm Michelle Soames-Booker, as you said, and I'm the director of the Wisconsin Small Business Development Center at UW-Madison. The SBDC program is a federally funded program of the Small Business Administration. We've been around for 41 years. There's centers in every single state. In the state of Wisconsin, we have 12 centers. And what we do is we provide no-cost consultation to entrepreneurs. And uh, specifically in my center, we also provide non-credit courses that follow the life cycle of an entrepreneur. So we do startup, management, and then leadership courses for, for businesses. Fantastic. Andy. Yeah, thanks, Nora. Thanks for having us here today. I'm Andy Richards, and I'm the director of UW-Madison's Discovery to Product, or D2P. And our goal is to help faculty, staff, and students at UW-Madison to commercialize their ideas. It could be through licenses or startups or social entrepreneur uh, entities, whatever type of uh, model they want to, to choose. And we've been around since about 2014, and we uh, were started by the Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation, or WARF, and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. We also coordinate um, the UW-Madison Innovate Network, and the network is made up of about 20 different organizations that have services and grants and uh, other resources for entrepreneurs both on campus and in the community, and Michelle and the, and the Small Business Stud, uh Development Center is part of uh, the Innovate Network as well. Fantastic. Tell me a little bit about what the last year or so has been like for both of you. It's been, uh, it's been a crazy last year and a half or so. So when the pandemic started, um, our office fielded hundreds of phone calls from entrepreneurs trying to figure out what to do next, whether it was how to access uh, funds, uh, how to navigate employee issues, um, changing their their marketing. Um, so our, our staff has worked with, with people on all ends of the spectrum, whether it's a small one or two person business to people that employ over 100. Um, lots of phone calls, lots of responses um, to try to help people navigate, you know, what's going on. How about you, Andy? What have you seen yeah, it's been a challenging for sure. Our, we, a year and a half ago, took all of our, our cohort training programs, all of our mentoring programs, and had to transition them to an online format, try to find ways to stay connected to the entrepreneurs that we're working with, and provide them with opportunities to network and to innovate. And so much like them, we were pivoting along the way um, and trying to figure out how best to serve them. 
at the same time, I would say it was really a heartwarming time, and it probably doesn't make a lot, of, a lot of sense to a lot of people, but we have a great ecosystem here, and it was really impressive to see the resources here in the community, in the region, step up and, and help entrepreneurs, just like Michelle and the SBDC. I don't know how many, how many different SBA grants and applications you guys process, but, um, and then I know Starting Block and, and others, we did um, a lot of Zoom calls and other things to help connect entrepreneurs. And then we had entrepreneurs who were helping to make PPE for the hospitals here and for others. So it was really great to see how this, this, this startup ecosystem pulled together, helped support each other and helped support the community. Mm -hmm, definitely. It was a time for creativity and innovation. And one of the things that we saw at Starting Block was a dramatic increase just in interest in participation in a lot of different things. So it was interesting that that was a result of this big change and the pandemic. Can both of you speak to entrepreneurship and how maybe it has changed or will remain the same post-pandemic? Well, I think anytime that we have disruption, it always creates opportunity, right? So um, we tend to see uh, an uptick in entrepreneurship anytime there's a large disruption. And whether that's income replacement, so people looking just to um, start a small consultancy or, or something along those lines, that typically happens. I think there was so much disruption this time that the amount of innovation that we're going to see is going to increase because um, from schools to healthcare, uh, our lives were changed dramatically and the number and variety of ideas that we're seeing through the door are, are what feels different compared to previous uh, changes in the economic out, you know, outlook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there are, there are a number of um, things that we're paying attention to as well into the, in addition to what Michelle said. I think we're seeing that um, customers are changing. And so entrepreneurs have to realize that the, the products that they're interested in, the different modes of interacting with companies is changing. And um, they need to, to figure out where that's going. And it's maybe a little too early to do that at this point. But that's something that they should be paying attention to. I think also we're looking at just the workers and the relationship with uh, your employer and is that an employer that you feel has the same ethos that you, you do. And um, we see lots of uh, newspaper articles and stories about people changing jobs and I think that's, that's part of it. And people are working from home more and they don't need to um, live next to their job anymore. So there's lots of different I don't know if it's maybe too early to call them trends, but things that we're seeing that I think entrepreneurs um, uh, should be paying attention to. I know it's things that that I'm paying attention to. Just to you know, kind of piggyback on that, Andy, I, I agree with you completely about the customers. I would say in the summer of 2020, we spent a lot of time talking to our entrepreneurs about your life has changed, but so has your customers. And uh, you know, how can you identify those changes and really capitalize on those changes? And for a lot of folks, that meant really quickly pivoting to something they knew nothing about, you know, whether it was um, uh, changing to delivery of a product or, or completely changing the product. So uh, I, would, I would definitely agree that we need to watch the way consumers behave for sure. And continuing to create consumer confidence is going to be part of the new landscape um, as, as we continue to have uncertainty. 
Yeah, and just to, to build a little off of that too, um, I think we also saw that the pandemic really shone a, a really bright light on the social inequities that we have in our society. And I know we're seeing more entrepreneurs who are interested in social impact and uh, social entrepreneurship and trying to improve the, um, the human condition around them. And so um, I, I think we'll, uh, we'll see more of that in the future as well. Along those lines, uh, you know, it seems that the way that people are communicating is different and it seems to be changing all the time. How are people communicating with you and getting access to your services? Andy and I were just sharing before the podcast that, um, you know, most of our meetings are now virtual and they're wanting virtual meetings. So before uh, pre-pandemic, if you ask somebody to do a Zoom call with you, you know, you kind of got that, now I want to see you in person. And now um, that's not that's not what people want. So um, I think that that will continue to happen. It's really efficient. Plus, they realize that if I can see your face and we can communicate over a video call, I, I can still get a really robust conversation going. So I, th I think that we're going to continue to see that. And it's, an, it's, it's great for us because it is efficient for consulting purposes. Yeah, and one of the things that um, Michelle and I were talking about uh, just earlier was we used to see each other at a lot of events and that um, after events we would run into each other, talk to each other, talk about uh, somebody that we're working with that maybe they should be helping as well or here's an idea for a new program that potentially we could do together. And that part's missing now because we may do virtual networking events but when the event is over and everybody hit leave meeting, the conversation ends. And so I do think that there, are, um, as Michelle said, these are efficient ways to have meetings, but um, if you don't have an established relationship with somebody, it's hard to establish perhaps that relationship um, online or in virtual ways. And it's harder to, um, to collaborate in some ways, um, just through those, those little connections you would otherwise have at events or after meetings. Mm -hmm. Well, and we're starting to see at Starting Block some startups that are coming up with ideas for connecting people virtually in a more meaningful way. Do you think that that sort of idea can ever take the place of in-person collaboration and networking? I don't know that it can take the place. You know, the word I used with Andy was collision. It's mm -hmm. the collision, the unexpected person that you run into or, um, or the unexpected introduction that you get. And anything that you do that's intentional eliminates um, some of that. So... Also, in a virtual room, if you're not enjoying it, you opt out. And, um, you know, here you, you, you have those skills that you've learned that you, you stick with it. And, and, and sometimes that turns into a really positive interaction, you know. Um, so I'm not so sure. But I'm curious to find out. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there is a place, but it won't replace and um, I think we're seeing this, and there's been some good articles written about this as well, with companies that are doing more socializing with their employees online. And there are companies that are helping to, to create the, the infrastructure for that and the games or whatever else they're going to do that, that day. And they've uh, seen that that has been helpful in keeping their employees engaged with their, their companies. Um, so there is a place, but um, I think the collisions that Michelle talked about are really important in an ecosystem, a startup ecosystem like we have here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the work that both of you do and how you work together. If I'm an entrepreneur and I have an idea and I'm looking for resources, 
where do I go and how does all of this work? How do you and the services that you offer fit together and how do you assist entrepreneurs? That's a great question. Um, and it's one that Andy and I spent a lot of time talking about a few years ago. Um, one thing I will say to start with is Madison is resource rich. We have a lot of different options and we, there's the community and then there's the campus and both can be difficult to navigate. That's one of the reasons why the Innovate Network uh, was established on campus. And I'll let Andy talk about that a little bit. Um, the Small Business Development Center, we are in our own network and we are statewide and, uh, and then we're national. So um, one of the ways that we work with folks is we, we through one-on-one -on -one consultation, will help people with starting a business, we'll help them operationalize that business, and we'll help them grow that business. And so um, we're sort of in it for the long haul, which makes us a little bit different than some other organizations. You can use our services uh, for a little bit when you're starting up. You might go away for a little while and then come back as you're, you're experiencing growth or you know, any, any sort of change in your organization. So... Um, we work with everyone, not just campus, but community members. And in our, our particular center works in a three county area. So we work with folks from Dane, Sauk and Columbia counties, um, which is really interesting because it's urban and rural and um, it, it gives us a lot of great perspective. Uh, Andy and I in particular work together in that we, we try to make sure that we are representing the variety and breadth of services um, available on campus and in the community at events. Um, there's referral back and forth, as Andy mentioned before, so they may be working with somebody that's gone through one of their programs that could use some help maybe operationalizing a business or, or actually forming an entity and, and just sort of the nuts and bolts pieces. Um, so that's, that's part of the ways that we can work together. Yeah, and, and just a little bit about the Innovate Network. And um, as Michelle said, this is something we came up with a couple of years ago because on campus, we do have a lot of resources for entrepreneurs. And um, what we've tried to do is to knit those resources together in a way that they serve the entrepreneur regardless of the resource that they're looking for. And one of the big things is to not duplicate what other people are doing. So Michelle has great programs that are, are, are wonderful for, for startups and for businesses that have been around for a little while on operations and management and financing and so forth. Whereas we at D2P, we work with people pretty much when they have an idea. We'll, we'll meet people wherever they are in the, in the process. But most of our people um, that we work with are at the ideation stage and then are progressing through um, the startup phase. And we'll work with them every step along the way. But there's no reason for us to duplicate the great resources that Michelle has. And in the Innovate Network, we have over 20 organizations um, on campus and with uh, and organizations that are affiliated with campus like University Research Park, the Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation, and, and others. And um, again, trying to go ahead and, and giving the entrepreneur a picture of all the resources that are available and then to connect them to the right resource at the right time um, because you could otherwise wander around the, the network for quite some time. I like to think of it a little like your, your advisor, that you could probably go to college, get a degree without talking to an advisor, but it might take you a lot longer, and it might be frustrating as you don't take the right courses in order. And in some ways, what the Innovate Network does is we be, we, we're that advisor for you. We provide resources, but we also can advise on where in the network you want to make your connections. And I think what... Um, 
what I've seen, I don't know, um, Michelle, you may want to comment on this, but the, the individuals that we're working with who take advantage of, of as many of those resources as possible tend to increase their chances of success. Um, because we have people like um, the Law and Entrepreneurship Clinic. They can go get legal advice. They might be in the med tech space and they can talk to the Isthmus Project, which is part of UW Health and part of UW Medicine School of Medicine and Public Health. So lots of great resources and, and we can help connect people to those. One of the things that I think it really did across campus is introduce um, all of these organizations to each other. So, you know, if for some reason you didn't have experience with one group or another, um, you were discovering it just like the entrepreneurs. So by bringing the group together, we have regular meetings. We know uh, what's going on in each person's um, sphere so that if somebody comes in through my doors, I can easily say, I know exactly where you should go on campus. This is the group you should be. And I can provide you with an introduction, which also makes it less intimidating for an entrepreneur. If they come into my office, um, they don't have to worry that that I'm going to say I can't help you, you know, goodbye. I'm going to say it's not me, but I know exactly who it is. Or let's pull up the the Innovate website and take a peek at at who might be able to help you on campus or in the greater community. So um, that's been a really big advantage, I think, of having the the network is is that that sort of camaraderie and and collegiality that we've we've established. Yeah, and I might just offer too that the there are two things that are, that that the network um, that uh, everybody who's part of the network um, does. One is they predominantly serve entrepreneurs, but two, they're helping to they they strive to grow the the campus ecosystem, but also the regional ecosystem because we know it's important for campus entrepreneurs to have resources in the community and to want to stay here um, after they graduate or they start a business and that we have a community for, that will support them. And at the same time, we know there's entrepreneurs in the community that could use the resources that are on, on campus. So we uh, in the Innovate Network, even though some may serve mostly campus, are really, really trying to grow the regional ecosystem at the same time. So many of the people that listen to our podcast are in early stages with their idea or their entity. They're still working another full-time job and they're looking for resources, which is why we want to give them this podcast during off hours or whenever they're able to get the education. Talk to me a little bit about how some of these folks, if they are working a second shift job, can um, participate? Are there virtual opportunities? What are some of the best ways for people to use some of the services and the amazing network during kind of non-standard business hours? So one of the things we did at this, the Small Business Development Center um, at UW-Madison several years ago was recognize that exact thing. Not everybody is available from eight to five when my office is open. Um, so we created a class called First Steps to Starting a Business. Uh, for us, it's really the Wisconsin idea. You know, it's, it's that education that's available to anyone at any time. So it is a startup course that is free and it is self-paced. So uh, all you have to do is go in and uh, give us your name, tell us your email address and where you're from. If you're from Wisconsin, we want to know what county. But other than that, that's it. So we tried to reduce all the barriers. You know, we don't want to ask you a bunch of information and make you uncomfortable. And then the course covers three areas. It covers the entrepreneurial mindset, your idea, and how are you going to finance it. And the course is, uh, you know, has 
uh, an educational component where it's really active learning. So you're sliding, clicking, selecting as you go through it. There's items you can download and read. Uh, there's a set of, of entrepreneurs that we we have video of that are telling their story and, and answering questions and talking about what it was like for them at that stage. And then at the end of each section, there's a small assessment. That assessment um, gets all combined, all three sections get combined, and based on your answers, you're sort of put into one of two categories. And one category is, you know, you're interested in this, but you've got some work to do based on what you're telling us, and then we give you a set of resources. And on this, the second category is, hey, based on what you've told us, you're ready to really take next steps, and here's what next steps look like, and here's a set of resources. Uh, we launched that in 2018, and we've had over 4,000 people take it around the world. Oh, that is so incredible. Yeah, we're really we're really excited to have it and to be able to offer it for free. Um, it's you know about a hundred people a month take the class, and it's um, it's just a great way to uh, to explore entrepreneurship. It takes you anywhere from you know ninety minutes to a couple of hours. You can go in and out as often as you like, so it's perfect for the person exploring it. And when we developed the course, we sort of developed it with somebody in mind that maybe hadn't told the people in their sphere that they were thinking about entrepreneurship. You know, just giving them a chance to really explore and think about what what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? And then is this idea one that's worth um, continuing to explore? So, uh, you know, we're excited about being able to offer a resource like that. We do have other courses and, and, and things online, and we try to accommodate folks um, but but that's that's a premier product for us. Yeah, that is just a, a great resource. Um, and I know we've we've uh, mentioned it to a number of people as well because they're not quite sure whether they're interested in being entrepreneur. Do they have the right mindset? Um, are they willing to take on some risk or some uncertainty and so forth? And and that's just a great resource for people who are, are interested and, and want to know more about it. And um, I think one of the biggest challenges in, in our ecosystem uh, on campus and in the community and even statewide is there, there are great resources like what Michelle was just talking about, but how do you find them? Um, and so one of the things that um, was uh, done the, within the last couple of years that both Starting Block and D2P and, and others participated in is a website um, that's called Starting Wisconsin. And this lists uh, resources by regions in Wisconsin, entrepreneurial resources for, for startups or people that are early in the business development process. And um, it's also got a calendar of events. So if you're looking for networking opportunities, uh, you can go there. And this, was, um, this is a great tool that um, was created, that the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation paid for. The UW System Institute for Business and Entrepreneurship helps to, um, to, to manage that system. And then, as I said, uh, discovered the product, D2P, Starting Black, and Mad Rep here in, in the, the Dane County area helped to create the, the regional um, start-in platform as well. Uh, so I would really encourage people to, to use that, and it's startin.com, uh, and it's just one word, start in Wisconsin, so S-T-A-R-T-I-N-W-I.com, and you'll have um, a treasure trove of resources available to you and uh, to see what events may be happening in your community or around the state that you'd like to participate in. Because both of you have so many interactions with creative people and entrepreneurs, tell me about something that's been particularly inspiring or um, something exciting that you've seen recently. 
We do work with a lot of great innovators and entrepreneurs. And at the university, we have um, some amazing research that is uh, being transitioned into into companies that'll, that will help um, the environment and help with drug discovery. I'll just mention two of those. One is Amuto Scientific. And you may have seen something in the, the newspaper recently about them because they've just closed on a $2.3 million seed fund round. And um, they provide analytical research services that accelerate the drug discovery de um, development process. And so um, these, are, these are things on campus that take a long, long time to mature, but it's great to be able to see them now getting funding and moving that company forward. Another one is, is Pyran, and um, this is a chemical engineering team at UW-Madison that was trying to get um, fossil fuels, petrochemicals, out of the um, paint, coatings, and plastics industry. And they um, have found a way to do that, and they are working on scaling that technology, and they use corn cob corn cob husks in order to to do that so completely green completely renewable and these are just super exciting things that again take a long time to develop at universities but they are now finding markets they're gaining uh, funding and it's really exciting to see those take off but we also have just a lot of talented people who are working on consumer goods and um and and food products and things of that nature. And uh, two companies that come to mind is, uh, are Boosted Chews, and they're making uh, caffeinated uh, chocolate um, um, chews. And I know that um, a member here of, of Starting Block, Kit Chow, is one of the founding members of that. And so he's working here you know, in order to bootstrap his company. And then um, another one that um, maybe Michelle wants to uh, say a little about, because uh, I know SBDC also worked with them, is Yip Chips. Um, and um, they produce uh, a, a chip that's made from probiotic uh, Greek yogurt and um, are selling that, that now here as well. Um, so we have all kinds of, of different um, innovations occurring on campus and, and every day is something new, something exciting. So we also have a lot of lot of really interesting uh, clients that are, are doing great work. I would say um, you know, American Provenance has gotten a lot of attention. Um, it is Kyle LaFon's business. He is uh, makes makes deodorant and sells it online, and he's grown tremendously since he started. Uh, I, th I think I was one of his first stops when he started his business, and he likes to tell people I, he came in with his business plan, and I gave him five hours worth of homework to do. So uh, he's selling all across the country and is, has also recently um, obtained funding and is growing. So it's really fun to watch an entrepreneur like that. Um, you know, as Andy said, they're working with you know, food business and products, and, and that's the same thing at the Small Business Development Center. We have such a wide variety of people we work with, from technology to manufacturing. Um, it's, it's exciting to see where people are going to land um, once it comes through our doors and then, you know, three, four years later. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with both of you today. What is the best way for people to get in touch with both of you if they have questions or are interested in participating in any of the things that we've talked about today? So our website is sbdc.wisc.edu. And uh, if you go to our website, you can register for a consultation, you can take a class, you can um, take a look at our, our staff and, and contact us directly if you'd like. 
And for the Innovate Network, if you just go to innovate.wisc.edu, you'll, you'll find the landing page there, and you'll see all the organizations listed, and you can contact them directly, or you could go ahead and submit a contact form, and that's contact at innovate.wisc.edu, and we'll be in touch with you and try to help you find the resources that you're looking for. It sounds great. Michelle, Andy, thank you so much for being here today, and thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks, Nora. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Innovate 608 podcast. What's the most innovative thing you've done this week? Record a message all about your innovation and send it to us in an email at innovate608 at startingblockmadison.org. Be sure to check out the Starting Block Madison Facebook page for video clips and episode outtakes. Remember, innovators, do one thing every day that is slightly outside of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thanks so much to the American Family Insurance Institute for Corporate and Social Impact for sponsoring this episode. See you next time.